0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff.
1: Folks, I got to tell you, I was just talking with Oz about this. I I don't even know where to start most days. And it's funny to me. It's not funny. This is very serious stuff that we're dealing with. But what I'm going to tell you is kind of something that does get me, give me chuckles, is that when I started this program back in August of 2015, I Wasn't sure. One of my bigger concerns was how do we, you know, how do I have something to talk about for the duration of the program? Well, I mean, there's no more concern with that. It is full throttle to crazy land in a lot of ways. Let me just give you a sampling of what I want to get to today. What about this? Nuclear war is bad for climate change. That's right. Washington, Washington, Washington Post, I think. Some... No, the Atlantic. This is in the Washington Examiner that I saw this. The Atlantic is the ones who did this story on how nuclear war would actually be bad for climate change. I kid you not. I mean, I'm not making this up. We got Elon Musk out there. Elon Musk is challenging Putin to some sort of a combat contest, and the winner gets Ukraine. Which I got to tell you, I think I feel better with Elon Musk stepping in toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin than I do with Joe Biden, but that's another story um, altogether. I just, there are so there's a proposal out, I think it's Ro Khanna, one of the crazy radical leftists that are in the House of Representatives that's uh, proposing that there is a windfall tax on big oil and that we then send... The government then sends checks to the individual American taxpayer. What could possibly go wrong with this situation? Biden's out there blaming everyone. That's where I want to start today. Biden is blaming everyone else but himself. Mr. The Buck stops here. Mr. Real Leaders Take Responsibility. Mr. Fill in the Blank, right? These are the sorts of things that he said as candidate Biden back in 2020 seems like 25 years ago, given all the stuff we've been through in the last 14 months. But, but this is how he talked, right? You remember this. You can go back and find tweets. Real presidents take responsibility for the decisions they make. Mr. Trump, whatever, resign now or whatever his stupid tweets were back then. See, he had no power back then. And this reminds me. Reminds me of one of the lessons I learned from Rush Limbaugh, which is, which is, folks that are in when the when the radical left is out of power, it's it can be kind of comical to watch this sideshow go on, and to just try to, I mean, figure out what in the world's going on inside of their heads. Uh, But when they hold the levers of power, this is, I mean, absolutely, utterly. Terrifying. So here's the the article in in Fox News. Here, Biden is blaming Putin. That's right, Putin and COVID for record high inflation in the United States. And I don't want to say that those things don't have an impact because that wouldn't be fair to say. And I want to be I want to be just in my analysis here. But the idea that the only factors in uh, that are you know, leading to higher inflation in the United States, which, as of the end of February, the previous twelve months ending February twenty eighth of twenty twenty two, inflation was a whopping seven point nine percent. It was seven an- percent. New to the game, or annual, annual or the
0: season better annual, uh, has everything you need to make.
1: Sorry about that. There's some audio coming in from something on the web through my ear. Anyway, um, that may have fed to you as well, so I apologize for that. I've got a story pulled up and something may have just triggered here. But um, anything anything but U.S. policy, anything but decisions, again, from from the same president who told us when I'm president, I'm going to stand up and take – I mean I'm paraphrasing here, but this is exactly the message in front of 15 cars where people were dozing off and hitting their heads on horns and cars, making it sound like they were excited. They were actually dozing off listening to this nonsense, but this is what he told us when I'm in charge. I'm the bucks going to stop with me. Now listen, Jack and all this stuff. Biden says his dad, he tells stories of his dad and whatever else reminds me of John Kasich and the, his dad being a postal worker and all this stuff, right? It's, He's told us that he is going to take responsibility, except for the reality is he hasn't. He's blaming COVID-19. He's blaming Vladimir Putin. And again, I am not saying, I am not saying that they are not to blame at all. But our response to these things is the biggest driver of the problems that we face today. You can pick COVID-19 to me is probably the greatest example of this. In fact, in fact, I remember, I was just uh, taking inventory of some thoughts I had prior to the program. But you remember, we talked about on this program, I remember going through this with you lots of times. Lots of times, COVID-19 hits, and we talked about... This is not a single faceted problem. It's not just, and I'm not minimizing the part of public health. That is a a real part of COVID-19. It affected, uh, infected a lot of people. It harmed a lot of people. A lot of people died from COVID-19. A lot of people, I mean, it's caused a lot of problems. And by the way, There are things that have happened with side effects of vaccines that we're not allowed to talk about that have also caused people havoc and problems in their lives. Um, I don't want to get into that at the moment, but the point is the health side of this is obviously part of what we uh, had to contend with, with with COVID, but that's not the only part. And we said this from the very beginning. Anyone who thinks about things logically and can step away from the situation and not be guided by fear and hate and division and just thinks through an issue knows that in addition to those things, there were other things to be concerned about. For example, the economy. Turns out, turns out people like Joe Biden, people... Uh, in government who decided to shut down the economy, it's as though they never even <laughs> I considered the possibility that that would have devastating effects. What about schools? We've shut you know, schools down. Students couldn't go to listen or you know be in class. The, the amount of education that students have lost is astonishing because of this. And I'm not even saying I, I I'm on record as saying I understand the immediate the 2020 immediate response. No one knew what we were dealing with, but folks, this has gone on for way too long. And now, since Biden gave his State of the Union address here a few weeks ago, like magic, masks can come off until they think. I mean, look until they think they might need to do it for political purposes again, because. We've learned that all of these shenanigans did absolutely nothing. They did absolutely nothing. The data is there. The sciences bore this out. They did more. The government did more damage to our economy by the decisions and actions they took to protect us from COVID. They did more damage than they actually did. Uh, how do I want to say this? They, they did more damage to the economy than they protected – than the amount of protection they gave to American citizens by these drastic, draconian measures, complete and utter shutdowns. And not only are there economic considerations and, of course, public health considerations with COVID, and, of course, um, th- there's also the considerations on freedom. What is – What is what? Do we really want the role of our government to be? These are questions that every free thinking American should be asking himself and herself. We should be asking these questions. We should be thinking about these things. These things absolutely unequivocally matter. It's not just one portion of it. Folks, we have had mental health issues that have led to more suicides that would not have happened if the government didn't do certain things. Right. I mean, isolation and financial complications that have been heaped upon people because of government decisions have had. So it's not surprising. We talked about this at the time. Again, anyone who has the, abil- the ability to critically think knows this, knows this. And I say all this, I don't want to go back into COVID, but I'm simply using it as an analogy to say what is going on with Russia Today And what is going on with our economy today, which of course can be tied to certain actions taken by Vladimir Putin. We can say, hey, this does have an impact on the price of oil today and the cost of gasoline today. But it's not the only factor. It's not the only factor. And again, we have politicians out there that are basically calling for war with Russia, literally calling for war with Russia. And it's as though all other calculations do not matter. Again, it's the I see the same thing. I see the same thing in theory happening with Russia and how we're navigating inflation right now, with how we dealt with COVID-19. In fact, Biden is effectively saying the media is effectively saying, we got to ignore inflation right now because we have to win this war, uh, you know, with, we have to stop Russia from taking over or trying to take over Ukraine, which I'm not saying is not – we should have – we have a concern there. We should be concerned about this. It th- There's a lot of things that could happen. In fact, I want to talk Tulsi Gabbard out. Tulsi Gabbard is now in the metaphorical crosshairs of the media and Mitt Romney, which I tell you what, folks, I am – We, we conservatives listening to my voice right now, have more in common with Tulsi Gabbard, who's a Democrat, than we do with Mitt Romney. To me, Mitt Romney is the epitome, him and some other folks, which I don't want to go through and name them all, but yeah, he's the epitome of what's wrong with our Republicans in Congress, and in particular, in his case, the U.S. Senate. So we've got issues with biological labs that we're not even supposed to talk about. In fact, by my uttering those words, the media, Mitt Romney's of the world, who I'm starting to think that he's getting his talking points from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the other leftists in Washington, D.C., the media, because what she's doing is pointing out the very real very real possibility, especially given what we've just gone through with COVID and we touched on some of those in the opening monologue here. But you look at those things and you think, what if what if what we're being told is true that the United States has funded bio labs in Ukraine? And what if those fall under Russian control? I mean, some of these reports suggest or outright state that the United States is involved in gain-of-function research, which Fauci, of course, you get all this stuff starts to cut. That's why I say when when I'm talking today about or thinking today about what to talk about, it is so interwoven and convoluted and pressing and important in your life and my life, it's kind of hard to separate these issues at some point. So we've got, again, we've got mistakes being made. Our single-minded focus here, I guess you could say, in our dealing uh, with with Russia and in our economic handling of inflation, that we're making a lot of the same mistakes we made with COVID, which we're only focusing on certain aspects. Again, it's not to say that those aspects are not important. It is to simply say that there are other factors that have to be considered and kept in mind. And candidly, folks, I don't hear that. I hear it from Tulsi Gabbard. Right. I hear it from Tulsi Gabbard talking about how do we secure these biological research labs, which God only knows what Fauci would say if he was asked about whether these things even exist or not. I mean, it's just all one big convoluted mess. I saw, by the way, Rand Paul introducing legislation that's calling for the firing of Dr. Fauci, which candidly needs to happen. I mean, this. A lot, a lot on the agenda, a lot to talk about, a lot going on. But I started off by saying Biden is blaming everyone for inflation. He's blaming COVID. That's why we got into the COVID conversation. He's blaming Putin. That's why we talked about Russia. But, folks, he's not doing what he told us he would do, which is take responsibility. He's not acting like he believes the buck stops with him. In fact, he believes it's anybody but him, and that's because it's an election year. And I know this is the nature of politicians. This is human nature in general. When you're – nobody likes to be held accountable, especially when it's this bad, especially when everything you touch literally – I I can't say literally, but effectively turns into the dumpster fire. Everything, everything that he, this president has touched, this administration, dumpster fire, and it's not getting any better. And they're trying to circle the wagons here and protect people who are associated with this nonsense, the Democrat Party and so forth. And they're saying a bunch of stupid things. I've got some sound bites from Heidi Heitkamp. I don't know if I'll get to all this stuff or not. I've got Nancy Pelosi out there talking about how government spending is reducing the national debt. It's not helping with, it's not causing inflation. It's actually helping it. I mean, we have some bizarre stuff out there. And it is all around. I got Bill Maher who's actually out there saying that this wouldn't have happened. The situation in Russia would not have happened if President Trump was president. Bill Maher. Folks, he can be be crude and rude, and he's not very, I don't know, very open-minded or very considerate, which is fine. It doesn't impact me. I'm just stating what I consider to be a fact. He's not very kind to Christianity or even to conservatism. But I do have respect for the guy because he actually calls out the left on a lot of things. And he's been busy doing that lately because it's an unmitigated disaster. We got Kamala over in Europe, embarrassing, literally embarrassing Democrats, embarrassing this country, laughing at things. I mean, it's a straight up Saturday Night Live skit on display for the world to see. I, there's so much to get to today, folks. We're gonna do our best to weed through it. Kind of come back, and we're gonna talk about um, this Mitt Romney Tulsi Gabbard thing. I'm gonna play a bit of her. It's it's audio from her video that she posted on on social media, and I want you to hear what she's saying and the importance of this, especially in light of what we had to deal with with COVID in these past couple of years. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by the Scott Veercamp team. If you're looking at buying or selling your home, there are some really challenging real estate issues to navigate today, and I know we all we all know lots of folks in, in real estate, but the question is, do you really want to put perhaps your largest investment in someone's home is typically, not always, but typically their largest, their largest investment, do you really want to put that in the hands of someone that doesn't know how to navigate circumstances? I was talking with Scott the other day and the things that they're doing during this challenging um, market is making a lot of difference with, um, with people who are trying to purchase a home, really getting creative and doing some things that are helping his clients um, get the home that they're trying to buy. And so if you're looking at putting your home on the market, I know a lot of folks may be looking at this market and think, my goodness, it's just time to time to sell. And a lot of folks think about that in the springtime. I encourage you to reach out to Scott Vierkamp. Scott Vierkamp was there to help us sell our home as we've embarked upon this truth tour. And he can do the same for you. Now, I'm not saying you can ride around with my family and I, but Scott can help you do the same same thing. You can visit them online. You can visit them online or you can... um, you can look them up on Facebook. I know I know folks do a lot of different uh different things. You can Google the Scott Veercamp T, that's a team, that's V-E-R-K-A-M-P. Or call 317-446-9398. 317-446-9398. Be sure you tell them that you heard about them here on the Todd Huff show. So before the break, I mentioned I mentioned that there's a situation where Tulsi Gabbard is basically being um, she's been called out by by Mitt Romney. Now, Tulsi Gabbard is a Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard is one who is um, – she ran for, for president, the Democrat nomination for president of the United States. And Tulsi Gabbard is uh, – I mean there's a lot of things that I think conservative people can like about Tulsi Gabbard, she is. um, She's even in areas we disagree. She's thoughtful. She's not. She's not. She's the antithesis. These the opposite. The polar opposite of what we have come to know and expect, in, uh, know and expect from today's Democrat Party through the radical left. I wish. I really do wish the party was made up of with more people like like Tulsi Gabbard. But she releases this video. She releases this video, kind of in response. Um, I think she was on Tucker Carlson's show. Mitt Romney said that she was how did how did he say it? He, she was um, a treasonous liar because she stated facts. She says that there are more than twenty five U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine, which, if breached, I'm reading from her tweet here from uh, from yesterday. If breached, would release and spread deadly pathogens to the U.S. and the world. I mean, seems like a relatively important thing to think about here. You would think, again, as we talked about at the off the top of the program, these issues are not – there are layers and facets to these things. It's not just the economy, but it is the economy. It's not just Russian aggression, though it is Russian aggression. It's not just securing – bio labs and asking questions about what the world we're doing with gain of function what on earth is going on here but it is just about that right i mean it's all of these things thrown into this massive uh just mixing pot and just mixed together and it's a convoluted mess because again we have i was gonna say we have no one at um no one with their hands on the wheel here and i don't know if i think that or if it's that the ones who have their hands on the wheel don't know what sort of metaphorical vehicle they're driving here maybe if we use an aircraft analogy they don't understand the principles of lift and drag and all that sort of stuff my son loves these son loves these things and i've i've always had an interest too but not to the degree of him so i he probably knows more in the metaphor Here, Biden doesn't know to, you know, to increase airspeed is how you actually deal with a a stall, which means you got to point your nose down in most instances. Biden's pulling up on the, I mean, whatever analogy you want to use here. Um, I shouldn't say the wheel that controls, but the yoke, if you will. But here, I want to play a part of this this video. I don't know if I'm play the whole thing. It's 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 a couple minutes long here. But just listen to her articulate this. We need more of this. We need more of this from politicians. We need more of this from people who are holding our government accountable instead of just chasing the narrative and everyone making sure that they post the right flag on the right social media page, you know, and they express the right amount of anger at Vladimir Putin, which I'm not criticizing any of that. I'm saying, how about we think these things through and how about we understand the complexity of these things and how about instead of just making... I don't know, tweets and symbolic gestures, we actually try to understand the issue so that we put pressure on politicians, pressure on our leadership, well, on those who are uh, tasked with the responsibility of, of leading this great nation from, not, from actually managing the entire problem instead of just focusing on one or two things, especially in an election year when they are tempted, tempted to do whatever it takes to talk about the things they can spend for good and ignore the things that they don't want to be held accountable for in an election year. Why don't we have we, – it's our job. It's our job to hold these folks accountable. Just listen this is Senator Romney. Logical to me. You've called me a treasonous liar simply
0: for stating the fact that there are over twenty five US funded biolabs in Ukraine which, if breached, would release and spread deadly pathogens across the United States and the world. Logical, and right? Therefore they must be secured so that Seems we can prevent really any new pandemics from occurring. Now, bizarrely, you claim that securing these labs, or even calling for securing these labs, is treasonous and will lead to a loss of life. When the exact opposite is obviously true, the spread of pathogens is what will cause the loss of life, not the prevention of such a spread. So, Senator Romney, please provide evidence that what I've said is not true and treasonous. And if you cannot, you should do the honorable thing. Apologize. Resigned from the U.S. Senate.
1: Well, that's not going to happen.
0: Evidence of the existence of these bio labs in Ukraine, their vulnerability, and therefore the need to take immediate action to secure them is beyond dispute. Just the other day, the State Department's Victoria Newland acknowledged that these labs that contain dangerous pathogens exist in Ukraine. In her testimony to the U.S. Senate, mm. Ukraine has. A this is her testimony. Biological research facilities uh, russian Putin. forces should they yeah. approach in a pentagon fact sheet dated march 11th there are numerous statements that both directly and indirectly confirm the existence of these bio labs the united states through btrp has invested approximately 200 million dollars in ukraine since 2005 supporting 46 ukrainian laboratories health facilities and diagnostic sites
1: okay so that's that's about half of it. I don't want to keep doing that, and I've got to take a break as well. But does this not seem relevant to the conversation? Of course we care about the Ukrainian people. Of course we care about the expansion of Vladimir Putin's Soviet Empire dream yet again. Of course we care about the price of gas. Of course we care about importing oil and all the things that are happening Um economically in these tumultuous times? Of course we care about all these, but can we not care as well about, about biolabs that may have pathogens, that may have viruses, and God only knows what else inside of them that could fall into the hands of one who is maniacal enough to begin this mission And Vladimir Putin? Is that – I mean, whatever <laughs> – the guy is a madman. Ultimately, Vladimir Putin is an evil, maniacal madman. But we, the vast majority of people, accept that reality. How about we move on past, you know, having straw man arguments where the left tries to po- uh, hold someone like, say, Tulsi Gabbard or someone who's a conservative as a pro-Putin puppet, as they've done here. They've tried to hold her up as pro-Putin. Uh, because of these these talking points, but she's citing U.S. testimony of U.S. officials. She's citing official U.S. documents here. If these things aren't real, if these things do not exist, if we've not been engaged in these sorts of things, then set the record straight and let us all take a sigh of relief here. Unfortunately, that's not what they do. Instead, they call her Mitt Romney calls her a treasonous liar. That's good enough for the. Media that doesn't do any media whatsoever. They're just PR, uh, you know, for well, for the radical left of the PR firm, and also for the the Rhino Republicans like like Mitt Romney. I this seems relevant, especially in light of what we saw happen with COVID-19, especially when you factor in the Wuhan lab and all that stuff. And I don't even want to begin to dig into that today. I'm out of time here. This segment, quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> My friend, so the stuff I just told you, that stuff with Tulsi Gabbard, and I mentioned that she'd been on Tucker Carlson's show, all this stuff, there, there's obviously more to it, but just for the sake of time, I can't go into it. But suffice it to say, suffice it to say that there's a push, uh, calls, as, as there are always from these radicals, um, to, take, to take Tucker off the air because he's pushing Russian talking points. I mean... <laughs> I just, we have lost our ever-loving minds in this country. I mean, if there's, if these, if what Tulsi Gabbard said is not true, and if the testimony of the, I don't have the name of the individual in front of me, of the official U.S. uh, representative that was before Congress testifying under oath, if she was making up things and there's no bio labs, and there's no gain-of-function research there, then then tell us but folks forgive us forgive all of us because you think about the journey we've been taking on with COVID-19 remember at first remember that I remember this you should thank me for reminding you of this too I'm just kidding but I remember whenever the first reports of the you know COVID originating in a, in a lab that was called remember fake news. We can't know shut that down. That's gotta be censored on Facebook, that's gotta be shut down on these social media platforms. Remember this? That's how they started this. Now, the further we've gone, it's almost a certainty that it came from a lab. Now, you can make your own determination as to what that means. Were they testing stuff and just you know running legitimate research? I mean, were that was it more nefarious? I mean, people have opinions. I'm not making a statement either way. I am simply saying, I am saying that we're now to that point. They lied to us the whole time about this. They did. They missed. They lied to us about so many things. I can't even begin. It would take multiple episodes to go through all the lies that we've had to deal with specifically with covid-19, inflation, who's responsible for what, china, you know, wuhan virus and then of course all the the, the allegations of that being racist and everything else. I mean, bleh, it's just one it never ends. It never ends and it is a you have to cut through the metaphorical bs here with I mean, a machete. You need you need the largest machete known to man. You might need a bulldozer to drive through this stuff. What we've been told, and what we've dealt with, and how we've been misled. How we were told vaccines were going to stop people from getting. I mean, it's and that they're uh, well. That there's never. There's literally zero side effects. That's what we've been basically told. There's nothing. There's no, If you say a bad thing, you are trying to kill grandma. You are trying to promote Russia. That's what we've gotten to. Is that really? This should actually illustrate why free speech matters. Because they're going after Tucker Carlson for doing investigation here or for having people on to talk about things that may be a legitimate problem or a concern. But you're not allowed to talk about it. Why not? is my question. If the people that are coming on these shows and making these allegations are wrong, then explain, prove, rebut them, right? Do something. I'm sure Tucker would have these folks on, but I have a suspicion that they don't want to go on there because they don't want to actually, the same reason the left doesn't want to come on here, even though I would be very nice to them, I must respectfully Decline the invitation, Mr. Huff. Thank you so much for inviting me to the program, but I just I cannot do it. Of course you can't do it because you're going to be asked questions and you're going to be expected to defend something outside of a 25-word meme or Facebook post, and it's a little bit different story in this world. This world right here requires you to be able to articulate and explain and you know, communicate verbally. There is no place to hide on here. No place to hide on here. and that's why they run for cover. And that's Tulsa Gabbard calling out calling out Mitt Romney on this. Folks, I don't I'm not over there. I don't know, but I'll tell you this, if you ask me who I'm inclined to believe more in these situations, I mean it's it's not the people who are inside our federal government in most cases. It's usually not the people who are have been in positions of power for eons, decades. It just isn't. If you choose to believe them, that's your prerogative. Doesn't mean that the other side's always right. It just means my goodness, we got to be able to have a conversation here, but we're not allowed. We're simply not allowed. Or at least they want you to think we're not allowed. So, quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> All right, my friends, not a whole lot of time here, so I want to get to this story. In fact, I want to, <laughs> I say, end on something a little white uh, that, that, I, that I find funny, although it is referencing nuclear war, so I don't, I mean, I'm not sure that we're ending on a, a light note here, but I just, I referenced this earlier in the program. There's a writer for The Atlantic. Um, what is, uh, her last name is Meyer. Um, And <laughs> this is what the article reads in part. If you are worried about rapid catastrophic changes to the planet's climate, then you must be worried about nuclear war. I kid you not. This is in the actual article. That is, because, that is because on top of killing tens of millions of people. I love how that's just the side, that's kind of the afterthought here. On top of killing tens of millions of people, even a relatively minor exchange of nuclear weapons would wreck the planet's climate in enormous and long-lasting ways. My friends, this is utterly ridiculous and insane. She, well, it's I say she. It might be he. Now that I, I anyway, the point is the uh, Robinson Meyer is the name of the um, journalist writer, I guess. Um, and that's that's the position here. That's the position. So. You may not be concerned about nuclear war in and of itself. The the fact that tens of millions of people may die, the fact that you know there could be utter destruction around the planet, um, mutual assured destruction, and so forth. That's just no big deal. What we really need to be worried about is climate change. Climate change. I I just the pure idiocy of this is beyond my ability to, to even fully wrap my head around. What on earth would possess someone to think about this? I mean, these are the same people, by the way, the same people who don't want you to have children because they view children, I can't say specifically this person, but I can say in general, that's exactly who these people are. They don't want you having children because they don't view that as a lovely life created in the image of God. That's a pollutant. Someone's going to exhale carbon dioxide, contribute to global, global warming just like the nuclear war. I can't even deal with these folks. I got to take a break, folks. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in a minute, we'll wrap up for the day. <laughs> Just one thing really quickly here in closing. I've seen this circulating on the Twitter. <laughs> There's a tweet out there that's been circulating a couple of times that says the following. It says this, I was in a conservative <laughs> coffee shop outside of Topeka, and I overheard a group of conservatives saying that they don't want to admit it to anyone, but they all really approve of the job Biden has <laughs> Biden has been doing. I wish you could see the look that... Oz is giving me here. Folks, that's not even being said in liberal coffee shops amongst radical leftists. So, anyway, just sharing. Hope you have a great day. See you here tomorrow. SDG folks, take care. Are you?